from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the pods, moving, and storage studios. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Thank you for joining us, America. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author of the book Paycheck to Purpose and host of the Ken Coleman Show, talking about your job, your career, how you make money, and finding work you love and that you make more money than you ever made in your life. He's my co-host today. So if you want to talk about any of that, you jump in. We will. Phone number is 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. Robert is with us in Alberta, Canada. Hi, Robert. How are you? Doing well. How about yourself? Better than I deserve. What's up? All right. I'm looking to buy my first house with my wife. We have about 150000 saved, and my in-laws are being generous and lending us about 100000 to help with the down payment. That's enough for us to get a decent townhome in our area, um, and that way we would only owe family. But at the that payback rate they want with my in-laws, um, we have room for an, about $100,000 mortgage while staying below your recommended 25% limit. We're wondering if it's a good idea to take the mortgage, if as a result we might stay in the home longer. Or am I just trying to talk myself into uh, debt? Mm. Well, it sounds like all of these decisions are made, except the last one. So I'm not sure how much I'll be able to influence this, because um, you all aren't going to like my answer. I would recommend you don't take out a loan with your in-laws. Oh, really? Yeah. The borrower is slave to the lender, and when you owe your father-in-law money, Thanksgiving dinner tastes different. <laughs> yeah all right Uh, this is how families end up not speaking to each other Mm. and it's a it's a uh, they they are not necessarily um they probably aren't because you didn't bring it up they're probably very kind not controlling people um that will all change the first time you miss a payment Mm. and suddenly where you went on vacation the brand of the kids clothes matters Mm mm-hmm they're looking at every the, mm-hmm. every decision you make with money as to whether they get paid or not. They can't keep from doing it because they're human beings. Now, how bitter they are, angry they are, or toxic they are in response to those situations are diff- could be different depending on how wonderful people they are. But it doesn't matter. You're going to feel different. Your wife won't feel as much of it as you will, but you're going to feel it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's my speech. I would not do that. I would highly recommend. I will never loan my children money ever. Now, I may give them some money if I've got some extra money to do something like you're talking about. I would make that a gift personally. Uh, But that's pretty bold to ask for that on your part. But uh, but but uh, uh, anyway, all all of that to say, yeah, I, I would buy a house that your down payment plus your mortgage that you can afford would purchase, not an in-law loan. But again, I, Robert, I have no expectation for you to follow that advice because you guys have already kind of discussed it. You're comfortable with it. You threw it out there like, it's, like I'm picking out a shirt. You didn't think about it at all. Yeah, and I, I hope people don't miss what you just said because the dynamic changes when you talk, start talking about your in-laws doing anything for you. I remember before we got married, um, we were doing uh, some counseling. We came back from a counseling uh session pre premarital and Stacy's father uh met us at the door and and he had been working through her finances before she came into our marriage and she had not a huge amount may have been about fifteen thousand dollars as the student loans 
and I was ready to take it on. We had already talked through it. I had no student loan debt at the time. All that to say, he surprised us and he said, I'm going to, we want to give you this. We want to start you all off, you know, and it was just really, really wonderful. That's very nice. Yeah. But even though it was a gift, Dave, it was still in the back of my mind. It still touches the pride button. Yes. Yeah. And that's what I, I'm glad you called it that because I, it still felt like, and it, it wasn't my debt, but it was going to be our debt. Yeah. And it was in the back of my mind, like I owed him something and it didn't turn into any kind of tension because I got but it was over a gift. It. it was a gift. It was a complete gift. But if you had to pay that payment, oh, that would have really been. It was bad. already jacking with me yeah. just because it was a gift. And I think yeah. that's what I want people to hear. Why would you want to do that? Exactly. Exactly. I, I, I have trouble um, just as a general category in my life. I'm not as bad at it now. Receiving gifts. Yeah, I always have. I'm yeah. a giver. I'm generous, sure. but uh, but I I'm not real good at receiving. Mm-hmm. I'm not even as good if you pick up the tab at dinner. I'm just I always want to be where the guy. Th- where do you think that comes from? I don't know. Pride, probably. But I I I am much more able to do that than I am. The only time I've ever gotten in this situation personally is Sharon's dad is an absolute saint. He yeah. is an incredible, easy to get along with guy mm-hmm. on the planet never said an unkind word since and 40 years we, i've been married to her i've never heard him say anything unkind except the opposite political party right occasionally he'd say something but <laughs> sure but um and he's wrong about that but right. the um <laughs> but he's he's a wonderful guy and when we went bankrupt he loaned us a little money to get the house caught up and do some things and um man he never said a single hmm. thing it was all paid back but my stomach yeah was not the same until I got that cleared. Yeah, it just it. You talk about you like you said, jacked with you, messed with you. Yes. And the old joke is, anybody you loan money to, it changes the relationship. It does. It changes a friendship. It changes your roommate. Mm-hmm. It changes your you loan money to your girlfriend. Oh, that screwed that whole thing up. You know, uh, anybody you when you loan money to someone, you change it from whatever the mother father. Uh, relationship to you know to to master slave yeah friend to master slave and the old joke is if you loan your brother-in-law a hundred dollars and he never pays it back but he never speaks to you again is it worth it (laughs) (laughs) you know so you know but that that's you know that that's the kind of thing you can get into now again i will say clearly the way robert presented that i'm pretty sure his in-laws are not toxic people that's right. I think they're probably for, like Sharon's dad. Yeah. But it will change. Well, you nailed it. It'll weigh on him. So let's say he's talking about the vacation. Mm-hmm. And maybe they don't even look at him sideways. Mm-hmm. But he wonders, did I see a look? Mm-hmm. Did I? You, you start start manifesting things. Yeah. To your point, your father-in-law never said anything negative, never has. But it was now, in your that's, head so That's much. where I came up with the saying. I think you're right. Thanksgiving dinner I think doesn't right. taste the same. Because I, I experienced right. that. You did. Yeah. I'm sitting at the Thanksgiving table yeah. thinking about this, and he's not thinking about it. Yeah. It didn't bother him a bit. Yeah. But um, because he's a kind master. Yeah. And I was a rebellious slave. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, you know, it reminds us of our good friend Henry Cloud, you know, talking about boundaries. That's a boundary that I think you're right. It should always be set. Don't take a loan from family if you, members. Folks, ever. if you want to help, help your children and you have the extra money and you want to give them some money, no strings attached, no controlling, that's fine. Mm. But no co-signing for them. For God's sakes, don't co-sign for people, and no loaning. Don't loan them money. You will you will mess up what should have been a good, pure thing. This 
is The Ramsey Show. Hey guys, it's Rachel Cruz here to tell you about a faith-based alternative to health insurance that can make healthcare more affordable, Christian Healthcare Ministries. CHM allows members to share each other's healthcare costs, and it's as easy as one, two, three. Step one, choose the healthcare provider you want. Step two, submit your eligible bills. And step three, get reimbursed. CHM members take care of your eligible medical bills. With no network and the freedom to choose your healthcare provider, CHM is the best option for Christians who want to take care of their families and help other believers. Find out more at chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. Ken Coleman Ramsey, personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us. George is with us. George is in Boise, Idaho. Hi, George. How are you? Uh, been better. How about you guys? Better than I deserve. What's up? So I have a kind of a weird question. Um, I'm wondering if I should get a job. And yes. Or- <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say I'm the sorry. same I'm thing. I'm sorry. It was under underhand pitch. Well, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> so it's kind of a very, very unique situation. I applied to a government job back in January of this year. And I got a start date for last Monday. Long story short, the week, my last week at my previous job that I quit, the Wednesday, HR calls me and says, hey, we gave you a start date on Monday, but it actually isn't going to happen. And we don't know how long it's going to be because it's a government job, so it has some security clearance. And she was saying that, it can be anywhere from a month to a couple to a year that we can get you approved. And I asked her, okay, well, can I get a job in the meantime? And she said, if you do that, then it's going to delay your clearance and could push you back right now. So my wife and I, luckily we have no debt. We have three months of emergency fund, but we're just in a situation where we're not sure what to do in regards to it. Get a job, get a job. Uh, you don't let some woman from the government give you that kind of nonsensical answer like you're supposed to put your life on hold. And I don't want you to touch that emergency fund either. Not when you are and able. And I don't want you to take the government job. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the other. Uh, that's the red flag I hadn't gotten to yet. But that's what a joke. Like, would you want to work for somebody who treats you that way? No, not at all. Then walk. Get back on the horse. Get back in there. Don't touch the emergency what, what fund. What was that job going to pay? It was going to pay about two and a half times my salary for where I was currently at. What is that? A uh, facil- uh, government facility engineer. Now, how much is it going to pay the job you're not going oh. to take with the government? Oh, sorry. About 110000 Okay, wonderful. And you said you're doing what? Facilities management? Uh, facility engineer. Facility engineer. For, for some kind of a classified um, facility? Correct, yes. Okay. It's for the, the Navy. Okay. All right. That's why the security clearance. All right. Well, I suspect if the government is willing to pay you 110 you're probably worth more than that. A lot more. Somewhere else in the same field. And so I would start looking for a job like mm-hmm. four months ago, but, yes, but today will do. And okay. wouldn't you can? I mean, what, yeah. And, and here's the deal: and I don't t- want you to just get a job. I want you to go get a job making 130 in that field. Yeah, and and listen, uh, my version of waiting always involves acting. 
And so I, I would call their bluff on that, that that's going to mess with your security clearance. It makes zero sense to me. And uh, as Dave said, he's right. I would bet you that you have a, a chance at 2 to 3x long-term, uh, certainly possible in the short term as an engineer. Go do that work. Don't wait. And there if they f- come calling, then you can answer. Yeah, I don't know what the percentage is, but just my walking around sense tells me that there are almost no government positions that pay as much as their mainstream counterpart. I would agree with that. I'd be shocked. If, you, if, in accounting, if, if you're in accounting and you work for the government, you make 70%, 80% of what you would make in the open market as an accountant or less. And But I have security. Yeah, well, guess what? They can't seem to get the security clearance going. So, yeah, yeah I, I I mean, there's a few things in the government that are very specialized that actually could pay more, but they're so few and far between that they're not even part of the stereotype. Generally speaking, government employees are not paid what that's correct. their counterparts are in the market. Dave, I don't know if you picked up on this, but my gut, I got a little cynicism. That That feels like a really polite brush off. Is what that it's like an excuse for a brush off. It makes no sense to me. It's not adding up. Doesn't pass the smell test. I would absolutely walk. You know, if it was private sector, I'd believe you. But you but really I think, think this is just straight up incompetence? <laughs> could be. Could be a week to a year. It seems like a very. Yeah, yeah I mean, large... we got this narrowed down. <laughs> I just yeah. find it to be absurd to say yeah. that to somebody. But but there. You well, go. I mean, again, it's not. They don't think anything about it. That that again. That's they don't what, that, think. Do you want to be in? Like you said, do you want to work for somebody like that? But do you want to be in that kind of an environment where that's how they're going to treat people, you know, is uh, like a sloth. You know, it's like we're going to move very Yeah, like what is he supposed to do with that? (laughs) That's right. Jenna is in Rockford, Illinois. Hey, Jenna, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, how are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? Good. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, so my husband and I were debt-free except for our mortgage. Um, we paid off cars. We paid off student loans. We've been pretty aggressive on paying off our mortgage as well, uh, trying to hit for double the amount each month. Way to go. Um, we, yeah, thank you. We have about 59000 left to pay on our mortgage. Mm-hmm. But recently, a piece of property popped up on our radar that we're extremely interested in, um, it's a major fixer-upper, though, so it will take a lot of money to invest in. I'm, I'm probably thinking $100,000 just to get it up to code. Um, is it a good idea in this market right now to purchase this, or should we just stay where we're at comfortably paying off our current mortgage? How long have y'all been married? Uh, we've been married for 12 years. What's the uh, purchase price of the fixer-upper? Um, right now, it's listed for about three hundred and twenty thousand dollars. And it's so and bad our, that it needs a hundred thousand just to get it habitable. Yeah, and that's why we're talking the price down just to get it, you know, figured out. But um, we currently own a house that, in this current market, is selling for about two hundred and ninety to three hundred thousand itself. Mm-hmm. Okay. The other side is we also have four children, and so we have a very comfortable lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I'm a stay-at-home mom, mm-hmm. um, so we're extremely comfortable, and I'm wondering if this is just going to be too much to take on, One especially of the, in this it, market. It is, it is a lot to take on, and let me tell you how it becomes a disaster, okay? Um, it becomes a disaster if, A, you pay too much, and, B, you don't do a really good job of project managing this renovation, 
because people that have never done this before, which is you, uh, have a tendency to end up doubling what they thought they were going to spend and tripling the time it was going to take for you to do the renovation. And so you cannot allow that to happen. The second thing that will destroy your life with that many kids and a 12-year marriage is to try to live in the house while you're renovating it. That will really take away any fun that this deal had. So that's when you end up with a dream that becomes a nightmare. So the way I always test myself is, am I, do I want this so badly that I'm willing to be uncomfortable for a little while? Here's what uncomfortable for a little while in your case looks like. Um, you get three detailed, in-depth bids on what it takes to fix this property, Okay including a schedule, a budget and a schedule from the contractor. And you check out their references and you look at that and you say, okay, this is what it's going to take because you have to manage contractors and you have to manage your own expectations. You can't make this crap up as you go. So you need to start the project with the end in mind. You need to have every detail combed out, every tangle combed out of the hair, every detail laid out before you even close on the property. Okay, we're going to say, ready, set, go. We've got all the dominoes lined up perfectly. We're going to push the end domino, and then I'm going to hold the contractor to the schedule and to the budget, and we're going to kick these doors down and get this done, okay, like fast, number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, you got to sell your house and move into a rental because you need we the money. Because you need yeah, the money. We actually have both um, parents living here that have plenty of space for us to also. Okay, we'll sell your house and move yeah. somewhere. And put the cash mm-hmm. in your pocket to do this work with. So you're doing it with cash, and you're going to get a little bit, a little bit of a mortgage, but you're doing it with cash. And then the third thing is, you have to get an appraisal of the property as if it was renovated, and then deduct all of the renovation costs from the current asking, or from that price to where it is below the current asking price. I suspect plus fifty thousand dollars for your trouble. And I don't think you're going to be able to get all three of these things to work in your comfort zone. So I don't think you're going to buy this. It's a, it's a pain in the butt. Hey, listen up. When we invest, most of us have no idea where our money is going. But the reality is your investments could be funding social and cultural causes that you would never choose to support. With Timothy Plan, you can avoid putting your hard-earned money into things you don't approve of and invest in companies that line up with your values. With Timothy Plan's pro-life, pro-family filter, you can invest with moral responsibility while going after competitive returns. So while it's still true that you can't serve God and money, you can make your money serve your values. Contact your financial advisor today to see if Timothy Plan is right for you. Visit timothyplan.com for more information. Investing includes risk, including possible loss of principal. Before investing, carefully consider a fund's investment objective, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus available at timothyplan.com. Read carefully before investing. Mutual funds distributed by Timothy Partners, LTD, and ETFs distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LSE. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. If you haven't heard, we're going to be in Chicagoland. The northern section there will be at the Willow Creek Church doing our smart conference event September 15th and 16th. And when I say we, I mean all the we's. Dave, Rachel, 
Cruz, John Deloney, Jade Washaw, George the New Dad Camel, <laughs> and Ken Coleman. We're going to be talking about mental health, careers, money, oh, just how to get your life together, how to win in every area of your life. The Smart Conference is Friday night, all day Saturday, September 15 and 16. Dedicate a weekend to be focused and smart and uh, dial in on your goals with your money, your mental health, your career, your relationships, your motivation and information and inspiration will all be there. Smart Conference Weekend is our biggest event of the year. Tickets are starting at $99. There are limited ticket upgrades available that include some meet and greets. You ought to check all of those out. Go to RamseySolutions.com slash events. Go to Smart Conference September 15 and 16, just a couple of weeks away, we'll be there in the land of Chicago. So looking forward to having you guys. Jeremy is with us in Atlanta. Hi, Jeremy. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, thanks a lot, Dave. Thanks for having me. Sure. What's up? Um, So uh, long story short, I'm afraid to go into a full-time career in fear that I'll uh, make the wrong decision. Okay. What's the basing, uh, what's the fear based on? past experience or just something unknown? Um, probably a little bit of both. I was in ministry for 12 years mm-hmm. and um, stepped back uh, in the end of 2020 when we moved. And then um, just been working odd jobs ever since. Um, I started my own company just doing lawn care and pressure washing, but it's not really what, what I want to do other than just making some side money. Is there an opportunity right now in front of you? that you've got a chance to take and you're starting to waffle or what, or is this just considering the idea of now going back into something else? I think considering my wife works for a company and she's kind of presented me a couple of roles up there um, that are in ministry, um, which is what I was obviously working before and just kind of just afraid. You know, so what'd you drop out? Decisions. What caused you to, to, to dial back and drop out? Was it burnout? Was it a uh, toxic situation? What, there's something there that you're afraid of repeating, and the way you're saying it tells me that you've acknowledged that maybe you didn't uh, monitor things. Maybe you made some poor decisions. Tell me what specifically you're worried about repeating. Hmm, I guess... So I got out, we moved, um, once we adopted our son, got closer back to family. Uh, and, um, I just don't want to, I guess with, when the pandemic happened, I took on, on a lot of extra roles I hadn't anticipated mm-hmm. at, at the church and, um, the church I serve at now, I really like serving with them and I'm just fearful that. I don't know if I'm supposed to go back into ministry or just do something completely different. I did the get clear assessment on Sunday. Yeah. Um, just to try to kind of what get did it say? Yeah. Tell us, give me the results. Um, so the, it says I was created to use my talents of imagination, compassion, and communication to perform my passions of leading, performing and finishing to accomplish my mission of influence. All right. Well, let me tell you what that means. Okay. When you see that missional result, the results that motivate you, that's intrinsic. They just get you out of bed. That's a people situation. And when you talk about imagination uh, and the compassion piece, again, that's ideas and people. It's just screaming out. That's what you were created to do. And so whether it's in ministry or it's it's in the corporate world, as long as you are seeing that purpose statement that you just read briefly to us, that is a job description high level. And so you've got to be using those tools 
to be doing work that you really love. And that performing piece, there's a pressure to that. That performing doesn't mean I've got to be an actor or a singer. It is, I need pressure to deliver. And I'm going to tell you, you need to be in the business, and I'm talking the work of delivering people results. You see your work creating influence or transformation. Does that square with your heart? Sounds like a ministry. Yeah. Well. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And right. and the job that my wife presented to me is a kind of a business and ministry. It's kind of two in one. Well, look at so, the job description. How old are you? 37. How long did you work in ministry? Uh, for 12 years. Who hurt you? Yeah. Um, Answer it. Thanks. No, uh, you know. You know, probably my the first pastor I worked for. Yeah. So it's not what you were doing; it's that you were doing it with the wrong people. Yeah. And you lost some of your confidence when you got your key, teeth kicked in. Which is, by the way, why you said yes to so many things at the second church, or however long the journey that was. Not being able to say no is a function of fear. I'm afraid what people will say. I'm afraid what will happen to me if I put a boundary up. And it's also a function of not having priorities, clear priorities. I say yes to these things, and it makes it easier for me to say no to others. You sound like a very sweet guy who loves people and likes to lift and help people, who's hiding from a a toxic situation behind a pressure-washing wand, and your wife is calling you out. Yes, that's absolutely correct. That's absolutely spot on. But here's the deal. You don't need our permission. Uh, what you need to do is decide, can I do ministry in a non-ministry job? And I want well, to set you Can you do free. ministry in a ministry situation that's not toxic and learn to say no? Right. And learn to go, that's look, right. you don't talk to me that way. I'll go back to the pressure washer. Screw this. That's right. You know, I mean, just walk away. Have a necessary ending if you get into a bad situation. What you've got to believe in, again, is your ability and strength to walk away or stand up and put your hand out to say yeah. boundary time. Right. And when you believe in you enough to protect you from crap happening to you again, you'll step back in and do what God's called you to do, my man. Because yeah. you're, a, you, I got a feeling you are an incredible uh, person on a platform. I got a feeling you've got some it factor. Uh, but but I, even your voice tone is telling me that something's scaring you. And um, I just I, I want to I want to speak courage over you, my yes. man. Yes, let me tell you something. I want to speak. You know, you need to be encouraged. Uh, let's speak over. Speak some courage into this because you need to go be what God called you to do, and not let these stupid but human beings that are out there keep you from doing it. Jeremy, here's my encouragement to you: your fear of fading away needs to be far greater than your fear of getting back in the game. You hear mm-hmm. me? Because mm-hmm. you're fading away. You know it, and I know it. Your, Your wife, wife knows, knows it. And you know this, my friend. You've been called, and you better mm-hmm. do it. You better mm-hmm. listen to that voice. And I, I would be terrified of fading away and watching my soul seep out of my body while I'm power washing. I wonder if Jonah had a pressure washer. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you now, a pressure washer is tremendous therapy. I, I, I did it the other day. Don't you enjoy it? I got, a big, I got it? a big cut on my ankle because I shot myself in the foot with a thing. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love it. It is a great, it is a great mindless place it to hide. It is. It's so and good because you feel like you're accomplishing something. It's, true. it's so. I cleaned the dock and it didn't even need to be cleaned. Yes. It was so much fun. I did my front porch the other day yeah. and I was so proud of myself. So, yeah, Jeremy. Listen, <laughs> there's so much potential inside you, yeah. and everyone's seeing it, and you know it's down in there. But the fear of uh, whatever happened before happening again is is the thing that's it sounds to me like that's that you're and real you quick dave i, I want say you this. to go get it man i want you to go get it yeah hey jeremy i'm okay with you taking maybe this gig to get you it's a bridge let's get mm-hmm. some momentum back while some we're confidence. picking the next ministry position get if, some get yeah. some reps in where yeah. you ride the bike again without the training i wheels. agree it doesn't have to be right back into ministry is the point uh, but but let's let's move forward. Let's get out of what you're doing now. Let's get back in the game. Get that spine straight, chin yeah. up, looking forward, excited about the future, not stuck in the past. Yeah. Let me tell you that people said and did things during COVID that were the most fear-based, anger-based things I've seen in my entire 63 years on the planet. And so you cannot make any decisions even about that person that was out of control and toxic during COVID because they were so freaked out, they were so angry, they were so scared that they couldn't even, they, they lost their dadgum minds. Some of y'all have forgotten that, but that really happened, and the result is scars on other people. This is The Ramsey Show. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America. It's a free call at 888-825-5225. Victoria is in Atlanta, Georgia. Hi, Victoria. How are you? Hi, I'm doing good. Good. What's up? So, essentially, this past May, I graduated college at 20, and now I'm in a Ph.D. program And my parents were very generous, and they said all of the money you earned in scholarships we're going to give to you at the end of your graduation, as long as you get good grades and you graduate, uh, which ended up being $100,000. Wow. Um, Way to go. So what are you getting your PhD in? Aerospace engineering. Very nice. What do you plan to do with that? Uh, I hope to work on future human space travel so what do space stations after the international space station look like wow i don't know much about that space in terms of the career side of it why does that require a phd um yeah so i'm really interested in a lot of the like systems engineering work and a lot of advanced materials and advanced manufacturing work how long will it take you to get the phd yeah, so it's probably going to be about five years. Why? Most PhDs um, don't take that long. Because the program I'm in, they give us, they pay our tuition and they give us a stipend. Oh, you're working. Uh, yes. Oh, my life just I, changed. Yeah, okay. She's getting paid I to get do, this PhD. Yes, I am getting paid. To now get I it. now I'm going with the five years. How much do you make? Um, I make. 2500 a month, um, so not much, but, you know, a stipend. 
Okay, and that's going to take you five years. I'm now now I'm not as excited as I was a minute ago. I was I thought, yeah. thought we had like a real job. You've got a you've got an intern job. Okay. Yes. And but let's uh, uh, let's answer Dave's question, Victoria. Why does this PhD? I know you're interested in it, but does it set you up to do the thing you want to do to the point that if you don't get it, you're not qualified to do it? That's what we're trying to get at. Um, it is possible I could do it without it but it would be a lot harder. Mm -hmm. Um, I would at minimum likely need a master's and the PhD program I'm in, I can master's out of, which I am considering. Okay. Um, Good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I would like for you to master's out and get the big girl job and then work (laughs) on your PhD making while you're making 200 a year. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm thinking, yeah, but agree. I'm just, I, I don't know what I'm talking about. It's my problem. Okay. <laughs> because I don't know enough about your space, but that just, I, I, I worry about being overeducated and underpaid for anyone. Mm-hmm. Yes. That is a big fear. Of yeah. Mine too. And, and so overall though, you've got an incredible brain, obviously, and you're obviously good at using it. Congratulations. And, um, I feel safer already from on my rocket ride, and um, yes. <laughs> that's not going to occur. But the uh, uh, so what what's your what are you going to do with a hundred thousand? That's what I'm calling you for. I'm really not <laughs> sure. I, I've kept my budget pretty low, and I'm living within my means on that stipend. I'm just not putting anything into savings, and so my thoughts are like. Do I just throw that a hundred K and like a 5% high interest savings yes. or yes. is that all I do? Yes. For right now, until we get the next steps on the career going, because I want to make sure you uh, get all the educational tools in your belt to get the big girl career going. Yeah. And that hundred thousand is your insurance policy right now. Mm-hmm. you got a system that'll do it. Um, but you may master's out and take a job and then you may want to invest that more aggressively at that point, or someday you might get married and use it towards a house or something like that. Uh, all of that, or you might just be single and use it towards a house. Either one's fine with me. I don't care. But the, um, today you don't need to do any of that. It's, it's just going to be sitting there in a safe parking lot, making a little bit of money right now, uh, and not getting damaged. It's a protected parking lot which is what you're describing. That's what I would do because it, it's not going to change your life today. What's changing your life today is you uh, getting these tools in your belt. Mm-hmm. That's my thoughts. Yeah. And what I just wanted to make sure it seems like I got given this great gift and do I just like lock it away for the next couple of years? Yeah. For a couple of years, but not for 20. Yeah. For yeah. two. For when, two. When would you get out of the master's program? Is that a two year deal? A year and a half. Yeah. I want to make sure you understand what we're trying to do is fast forward all of all of this financial opportunity that you're going to be really presented with. Get the masters, get a great gig. To your ability and your brightness, someone is going to pay for your PhD and you do that as you go and now you're earning a lot of money. You have zero debt. Now the 100,000 comes into play as we invest, take care of those life issues. That is a beautiful plan as opposed to not making any money for 5 years at a $2500 stipend. That's about 30 that's 30 grand in stipend and that really holds you back. And I haven't ever asked Dr. John Deloney about this. He's the only 
person around here that's got two PhDs that I'm aware of. <laughs> yeah. But um, to me, um, I'm Mr. Experience guy. More yeah. than, I mean, I've gotten a lot of my knowledge that way. Right. Um, and, you know, in the open market, reading and, you know, taking courses and things, but not um, formal academic at that level. Um, to me, getting your PhD while having some life experience would probably put color on the PhD that is different than doing it in a vacuum, yeah, in an academic vacuum. Yeah. Um, like, for instance, I met a, a pastor earlier in the summer. We were traveling and got to spend some time with him, and he was at the end of his career. He was retiring, mm-hmm. and he had just finished his Ph.D. And um, he started telling me the subject of it, and I was enthralled. We, we ended up getting his dissertation out and reading through it. It oh, was wow. really – but it was a – the Ph.D. was not a – uh, it was not a career advancement thing. It was a, mm-hmm. a you know, it was almost a the dissertation on his life yep. was on his PhD almost, and, yep. and it was beautiful. It was absolutely the color was depth deep on it, though mm-hmm. very vibrant, and so it was a valuable valuable process. And so, uh, uh, not in he'll never make the money. That's not what I mean. Right. But because uh, he's retiring as a pastor, mm-hmm. and his you know his, right. his PhD was in divinity, so you know, uh, doctorate in divinity, but the, uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. That, yeah. that in this case, that might, you know, while you're working in a rocket company, yes. working on the problems you want to work on with your masters, working yep. on your PhD, it's going to change the flavor of the PhD. It That's will, what I'm saying. Without question. And she's right. I don't, again, I don't know much about aerospace, but a lot of your astronauts, she wasn't saying she's going to necessarily be an astronaut, but the PhD is probably commonplace, but she doesn't have to have it at 20. She doesn't have to have it at 25, and and so she'll get there, and so that's why we gave that advice. It will probably come in very, very handy to that level of work, but doesn't have to be gotten right away. And in return, Dave, she's going to be a millionaire. She's going to be a millionaire in her 30s. If she mm-hmm. if she she invests well, she has no debt. Mm-hmm. She's clearly bright. She's going to have all kinds of opportunities. Living on less than she makes. Already. Yeah. She's living on the stipend. So yeah. this is a bright person here who, who's got a bright future. So yeah. we want to yeah. maximize that for Victoria. So it's a good time with the student loan stuff coming up to remind you guys, you know, your student loans, the interest starts back uh, this coming Friday. Yes. And the payments start back a a month later, October 1. Uh, It's a good time to remind everyone out there that um, you have to be smart about education. Spending $250,000 to get a master's degree in sociology so you can make $38,000 a year with the state as a caseworker is dumb. That's right. So don't be dumb about right. education. Isn't that, a, isn't that a great yeah, paradox, how yeah. dumb we are about education? Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it's very sad. And we've got now, uh, you know, 40 million people that have payments that are due right now. That's correct. And some of them got useless degrees. Yeah in useless fields from useless universities uh and but that but and then people say well they're all useless no they're not all useless some some of these degrees are fabulous very useful um yeah it's amazing very amazing good times folks this is the ramsey show Hey folks, Ken Coleman here. Did you know The Ramsey Show is one of the most popular podcasts in the world? Get your daily dose of advice on life and money. Check out all of our shows from The Ramsey Network wherever you listen to podcasts.